Oh, man, I'm so, I'm so tired. I don't even know why I still do this thing. Jerry D. Huh? What was that? It is I, the ghost of Christmas Rad. The, what? I'm here to show you your past, man. We want to make sure that you keep on doing what you do. But those first, I can't, it's just those first episodes were so terrible. You need to see where you came from. But why? Your welfare. I don't know, maybe some rest might be better for my welfare. Your reclamation, then. Come on, man. Don't be a spaz. Grab a hold of my Don Johnson Miami Vice style coat. Hop into my Night Industries Time Travel in 2000. That's kit to you. And let's head back to the past so you can enjoy all the reasons why you got into this thing. <sighs> I mean, okay, but those episodes, they're just so grody. I mean, the mic I was using was terrible. Let's do this thing. All right, take me back then. It's a greatest hits of Christmas tunes with synthesizer? Not even. Even. We're talking the Time Life Treasury of Christmas. Hit it. The hair was big, the robots transformed, and Time Life came out with their next new box set, a Christmas album. I'm your host, Jerry D., with the very first full-length episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Joining me are two very special guests, my own brothers, Danny Davila and David Davila. Guys, how's it going? Great. Hey, we're 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 doing good. We're we're. <laughs> how was the? Uh, <laughs> how was the, this quarantine or or this shelter in place treating you? Well, we're doing a lot of sheltering in place. Not just in place. Um, sometimes we shelter in the backyard, and sometimes we shelter in the front patio. <laughs> Places to shelter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Place to Shelter was actually my band in the 80s. It, uh, yeah, it was a Oh, you did band. a lot of Roxette covers, didn't you? Yeah, it was a lot of Roxette, rest in peace, Roxette. Some, uh, some heart. And she out right before all this. She's like, ow. Oh. <laughs> funny. Woo, no thank you. No thank you. Uh-uh. Would it be ironic if Barbara Walters died from... In 2020? <laughs> oh my gosh. 2020 said, 
That's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) I have an idea for a show. (laughs) Great Scott Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The Walters and this is the coronavirus. But you know what? She survived freaking... She World survived World pretty World much World everything. Rights mm-hmm. Nixon, Reaganomics. <laughs> Let's talk about 1986. Dun, 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 dun. So, 1986, Time Life comes out with their Treasury of Christmas compilation. I'm of a Christmas. Some things never change. Just like the one. Like the songs that make the holidays so special. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. The Time Life Treasury of Christmas, a tradition in millions of homes across America. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Only Treasury of Christmas brings you all these timeless classics. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Had a very shiny nose. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. The Time Life Treasury of Christmas, America's best loved Christmas collection on two CDs or two cassettes. You'll get 46 holiday favorites. Jingle bell, jingle bell, More than two full hours of holiday fun. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, running down Santa Claus Lane. Oh. Each song brings the wonder of Christmas into your home. Hot the hell, angel, sing. Have yourself a merry little. Christmas Let your heart So call now and enjoy the treasury of Christmas for years to come. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Here's a little bit of info on Time Life. They were actually founded in 1961 and in 67 they started doing all their uh, box set compilation stuff. Now they were founded initially to do um, books but eventually they got into the record game and their box sets were huge hits where they were combining records and books together and all of a sudden in 86 even though they had been doing for you know a couple of decades they had been doing um, jazz and classical and stuff like that all of a sudden they started getting into the pop game and lo and behold that brought us up to the time life treasury of christmas what are your thoughts on that dave well i i i don't really have any um yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, the time life was great. They were great. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that it, it's true. Are we? Are my? Am I supposed to be verifying facts? That is true. <laughs> no, no, no verifying of any facts. I just <laughs> fact checker. That's correct, sir. All right. All right. Look, that's some wild stuff there. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, continue by all means. You know, for me, I remember, I remember growing up and it seems like they actually came out a lot earlier, but I guess I was six years old when it actually came out. But, you know, it, it seemed like it never was quite Christmas unless, uh, I started hearing the opening of Bing Crosby's White Christmas from dad's Bose speaker. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that. (laughs) 
<laughs> because um, I was there when uh, our father bought the Bose machine, and I don't think he bought that Bose machine until 1991. Oh, bummer. Well, that's okay, because Totally Rad Christmas actually goes a little bit in both directions. So we're going to go from 77 <laughs> to 93. We're going to oh, cheat awesome. like that. <laughs> no, but you're right. He, we did have those timeline treasury Christmas. I actually was was looking into them myself, uh, not really for your podcast, but because <laughs> I couldn't find this one recording uh, that I knew of Silver Bells. The Silver Bells recording that I know and love, I think it's the best version, is the one that's on the Timeline Classics. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile and on every street corner you But if you were to go to just uh, um, Apple Music or Spotify, mm -hmm. it's really hard to find that version. I must have listened to like 20 different versions and I was like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> the version of Silver Bells that I love. Is, is that the one by, um, was it Kate Smith, I think? Yeah, it's Kate Smith. That is correct. And it wasn't even on uh, Spotify or Apple Music last year when I looked. Boo. Wow. It's been recently added, so you can listen to it now. Okay. <laughs> Check out the wonder of Kate Smith's Silver Bells. But she's not even anything that pops up, like one of the first things to pop up in Google or anything. Yeah. Uh, and I really do think it's the most beautiful version. It's the one that I know. Yeah. Uh, so it made me um, wonder. There's, a, there's, there's different versions of the Time Life. I I'm coming to you because you're the expert on this, I believe. <laughs> there were like re-releases. Mm -hmm. There were, yeah. Songs. Because when I ended up getting it, I think, on the CD later or something. I don't think it had. In 2002, actually, the CD yeah. compilation. And they included different songs on it in different orders, too. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up having to do was uh, when I was digitizing everything, you know, because now it's, we're what, like 30 plus years later, for, uh, almost 40. I was digitizing everything and I had to find songs and supplement that CD set with, um, you know, from other compilations and then I had to put them in the right order of the original cassettes because to me mm -hmm. it's just it, it just didn't work right <laughs> yeah. and that's what I did as well on my Apple Music I ended up making it a playlist nice which I've actually learned that you have to do if you're an Apple Music subscriber if there's like a greatest hits album you love and you want to hear the songs in the mm -hmm. order they are on the greatest hits album that you love mm -hmm. you have you put them in you have to add the greatest hits album as a playlist oh. apple music does which is i think why some people don't like apple music and they prefer spotify is that apple music will take your music library uh -huh. for those people that like to keep everything really organized they will take the stuff that's on your music library and like once a week they reorganize it for you oh that's and that's it's cool. less organized. So if you have like Aerosmith's Greatest Hits, yeah, they will take that one album, Aerosmith's Greatest Hits, off of your Apple Music and replace it with 10 songs from 10 different albums. What? Yeah. Oh, that's... <laughs> this episode of Totally Rad Christmas brought to you by Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what I've, what, what I've learned to do is uh, just... 
if it's a greatest hits I love to listen to a lot, I put it on a playlist as their greatest hits. There you go. And then I can add my other stuff to it and uh, arrange it. So that's <laughs> having to do with uh, Time Life Christmas. <laughs> what about you, Danny? What are your uh, What do you remember about the the Time Life cassettes? Oh, I love the Time Life cassettes. Uh, I have fond memories of uh, opening our Christmas presents, drinking hot chocolate, and uh, just like you said, the um, the White Christmas, the little intro there is so exciting and magical. And the the instrumentation, it's like uh, winds and trills or something. And uh, I, I it, if I didn't have that, it didn't feel right to open the presents, you know. Wow. And uh, so much so that I'm 35 years old. And uh, hey, don't rub it in. You know, <laughs> and you know, even me and and my wife. Um, while we had Christmas this past year, I mean, I didn't, I didn't force anything on her or anything. And she played, you know, the Christmas music she loves. And right. I think it was, um, who's that guy from Saturday Night Live, the Cocoa Butter singer? Oh, uh, Aaron uh, Neville. Yeah. And she's listened to that <laughs> for a long time. And, the Cocoa uh, <laughs> and it was, it was really good. But in my, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, like, you know, I had this chip on my shoulder. Like, why aren't we listening to Time Life Christmas? Like, this is not right. Aaron Neville, like, and <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I love it. There's so many good songs on there. And um, I know that it's kind of part of the nostalgia and maybe people from this newer, younger generation have their own version of Time Life Christmas. But to me, there's those versions are the definitive versions of all those Christmas tunes. And I hear a new arrangement and I'm often dissatisfied. And <laughs> that's probably just because I don't want to change, I guess. But um, I just I love it so much, and I, we can talk about all the songs in there, and we will. Um, but it's good stuff. It's they don't make it like that anymore. It's kind of a little more jazzy, I think, than nowadays too. Let me paint a picture for you. All right, go for it. Uh, the the my mother is yelling at my father to uh, bring Christmas decorations down from the attic. My brother is in the other room playing video games. Can't be bothered. With oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm in the story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and then my other brother. Uh, oh man, I don't know where he was. Unsupervised, I'm sure. I don't know. Uh, Danny, what'd you do? <laughs> uh, no, I, actually, are you sure? sitting there, and he was. He would have been pouting. We couldn't start decorating the tree until the Time Life music was playing. Uh, but it wasn't just that. My mother had to have a batch of her Mexican hot chocolate. On oh, the yes. It's the best. With the M&M cookies. And M&M cookies. Or we couldn't start decorating. Mm -hmm. uh, that was definitely one of our <laughs> earliest patterns. Yes. Of trying to feel, look for comfort. And, but we did have the most beautiful Christmas tree. Uh -huh. uh, it's funny because the expectations, Lots of tinsel. <laughs> the expectations we put on that tree, making us feel a certain way, was a lot of weight for a tree to carry. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, our Charlie Brown ornaments that yeah. uh, Aunt Rosie hand-painted. We uh -huh. each had to put up a certain few and... Yeah. Yeah. And in the background. <laughs> yeah. Bing Crosby. 
followed by Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, like you have to get into Dolly Parton on there. Also, you know what? Her version of like Sleigh Ride is not really popular at all, and I think at all, though. the Beach Boys Santa song except for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because uh that Beach Boys song Santa's Beard uh that was like my my favorite of like the entire Time Life albums or, or Oh wow. <laughs> that yeah, I always wanted to hear that one. And um uh, it's funny because it really isn't popular like at all. I want to meet Santa Claus, a real real Santa. Oh man, yeah, that one was that one was my favorite, and and I'm not even sure why. It, it's yeah, not like it was more famous Christmas songs than that one. Yeah, Little Saint Nick is yeah, like yeah. like their most popular, you know, or, or the the was the man with all the toys. That's another one. But for some reason, uh, they chose to include that one probably because it was cheaper to buy and put on the compilation. <laughs> <laughs> there was an executive in the Time Life office going like, guys, this is the next classic. I'm telling you, we got to put you. it on the album. I'm telling you, we got to put it on the album. <laughs> put it next to Elvis. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did come after Elvis's uh, Here Comes Santa Claus, which was a, a kind of a jarring shift in tone, just like uh, from Bing Crosby to the Dolly Parton sleigh ride, which, again, you know, you had that, that real lush, uh, 40s style uh, orchestrations, and then it goes straight into you know synthesizer. That <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what Christmas music is all about, right? Isn't that like Christmas music? You're in the store, you're shopping. It's like a choir, beautiful singing, and then an orchestra, and then Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> So the album itself starts off, of course, as we mentioned, with White Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it does seg into a weird medley by Dolly Parton of uh, Winter Wonderland and Sleigh Ride, which are two songs that I never would have thought to put together, but she kind of makes it work. And I actually think her Sleigh Ride is better than Winter Wonderland part. That's just me personally. I love her Winter Wonderland. Mm-hmm, me too. I love the way she says she sings it. Um, you know, we're going to get married and all that. Yeah. Canoodling. Isn't that a lyric? <laughs> no. <laughs> it depends on which version you're talking about. Canoodling on the rug. I think that's a lyric. <laughs> In front of a... I think there's a fire somewhere. There's a fire. We're warm. All our parts Bare are Bare skin. You know. Bare skin rug. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's in the third verse. Yeah. That, that is, yeah. That's the little note. That's the secret verse. They only... <laughs> <laughs> they only sing that when you're caroling live. <laughs> her version is great, just because her voice is great, and then it's so upbeat. And I just love, uh, I just, I just love Dolly Parton. Her. You know, it's funny. I've I've never really been a huge Dolly Parton fan, but that song, I, I mean, I always like listening to that one. 
and and I don't know if it's just because of the nostalgia factor or if it's just because it's sandwiched between uh, two other great songs, but it's just, it's great. And, you know, you can't go wrong with it. Immediately after that, we head into the uh, uh, Little Drummer Boy. And, you know, nice classical choral arrangement, uh, four parts, and they got the, uh, you know, the bum bum bums going in the men. And Who, uh, who's the conductor on that? Who's the arranger? It was uh, the Harry Simone uh, Corral. I don't know them. Who are they? Uh, exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, they were very famous because they're on this on this CD set or on this cassette set. But <laughs> but no, I, I honestly I don't know. They do have a, a an album, a couple of albums, I think. They have a Christmas. ton of albums. Oh my yeah. gosh! Up right now, they were huge in the '60s. They worked at. Oh, uh, I don't know if they were really a real thing though. It looks like. They just were, were put together maybe by 20th Century Fox. I don't know. I feel like we should look into that. But um, <laughs> all their records. You heard it here first. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I always love that version. And, um, you know, like when you hear the Robert Shaw Corral do that, it, it seems like it's uh, a similar, if not the same arrangement. It's probably the standard arrangement that's been gone mm. around. But it's just, it's, you know, it's great. It's used in um, The Little Drummer Boy by Rankin Bass, their Christmas special. Now, and then next comes my least favorite out of all of the tracks after that. It was The um, the oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. And it's what? my least it's my least favorite because I really oh. don't like that song. It's... Oh, the, I, love, I love that intro. Andre Previn <laughs> conducting. Well, that's now that's a big name right there. It is. So I feel like you need to give them like a little more credit here. <laughs> well, and it's, it's not so much the arrangement. It's just the song itself. I've never liked the melody. I've never liked the harmonization. The only time I've ever liked the song, a little town of Bethlehem is when they use the, uh, the British melody. Mm-hmm. That one's really nice. Which one is that? It's like, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. How still we see the light. Not as good. See, I like it better. <laughs> it's like not it's like the this one is like mysterious and dark you know there's like a, a it's it's dark because these because, because they're immigrants and they're they're not being allowed shelter not a huge fan of like uh, secondary dominance and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> you know you're you're throwing in the diminished the diminished seventh chord it's just it, it sounds weird you know. because it's a magical na, 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 the little chromatic tone but <laughs> no but it was followed by one of my favorite versions of the 12 days of christmas which is yes, crazy because yes. uh roger whitaker has like this this real deep baritone uh, voice that's, you know, almost, it almost sounds classical, you know, classically trained. And then you, you throw in all these different uh, like synthesizers and it's just, it's just so, it's such an odd mix to me. I never, I never understood the mix, but I love it. And then they take that melody and the harmony and then they just play with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they go into the, what the relative minor. Yep. 
and it's just it's so great Christmas, my true love sent to me. <laughs> it's just one of those things where you're like, I wish, like, I wish Bing Crosby could have done that. Or I wish, you know, John Denver, when he sang with the Muppets, I wish they could have done that. But instead, it took Roger Whitaker <laughs> to it's, do it's it. It's funny because um, I really like that song too. And it just depends on the day I listen to it. I listened to it today, preparing for this. And uh, I really enjoyed the var- the variations rhythmically harmonically everything in the synthesizer it seems like every single iteration there's a new creative element that whoever arranged it i I don't know if it's him or not but uh added to it but on other days when i listen to it i just want to fall to the floor laughing because (laughs) roger whitaker's like corny british voice He's actually, he's actually he's actually Kenyan. Yeah. Uh, although what? his parents his parents were English, but oh, I don't know. I don't know what just happened. Hold Colonialism on. I... happened. <laughs> what, what what happened? Well, I just missed. I said he's happened. actually Kenyan, although his parents were he's English. Okay, English, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I, um, queen. I know what's up. I've seen the Queen on Netflix. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know that's on my queue. I just haven't watched it yet. <laughs> well, don't put it on before bed because you'll never finish it. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> Roger Whitaker's still alive. I hope he's. He is. Uh, he's like 84 or something like that. 83, 84. Yeah, but he is in the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers, and Authors. Good for him. Yeah, he had a couple of minor hits in the 70s. Uh, he was really huge in Germany in like the, the 80s and 90s. We, uh, know, we all know who else is huge in Germany. <laughs> David Hasselhoff. <laughs> well, that's real good to hear, Kit, because I don't want to hear another peep out of you until I can get a call off the Devons. So clam up. I'm going to listen to some good music and don't offer any suggestions. <laughs> you know, so Roger Whitaker, the Hoff, you know, we got it. We got it. I've been to Germany and it is true. They have their own pop stars there. Yeah, they do. Like uh, my brother-in-law lives in Germany, and yeah, like you would be at a, at a bar, and the song would come off, and everyone's singing along, and you're like, "Who is this? What is going on?" Why? Yeah. Stay oh. safe, Roger. Stay safe. Yes, please. <laughs> well, what do y'all think about this next song? "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" by Nat King Cole. Well, it's not by Nat King Cole. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> His version. <laughs> Sung son, <son> by. <laughs> okay, Carol Baskin. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what, uh, I mean, gotta love Nat King Cole. It's a good song. It's not something that stuck out to me when I looked through the track listing. I and mean, it's just good. I mean, it's Nat King Cole, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I always love the uh, the intro. You know, it was like, it was just really cool, you know. It was just it started off with the the choral voice, and then bum 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 bum. Just uh, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. just it, you know that nice chord. It was just this big grandiose thing, and then he comes in with his his smooth you know crooner voice, and it just is that like a Christmas thing where almost like a ton of these songs have 
grand intros uh even the first song has that like they all have to have amazing interesting intros for christmas yes it is a christmas thing (laughs) (laughs) oh yes (laughs) okay i just wanted to know if that was true or not yeah i mean it's the one time of year where like actual um I mean, I'm not, I'm not really gigging anymore, but back when I was like gigging, gig to gig music gigs, uh, Christmas was like fat paychecks. You would literally go from party to party singing, yeah. uh, church to church singing, playing gigs. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's yep. wild because it's, it's the one time of year when like you could hear a, uh, a bell, a bell orchestra, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Choir and the children's choir and a symphony and a, a handle sing-along and then also jazz and uh-huh. mm-hmm. George Michael and uh, NSYNC. Uh, it's wild. Or the Davila boys caroling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that at some point, right? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been but, talked about on several podcasts already. Oh, really? But uh, to your point again, the one of the main reason I think that Mariah Carey's Christmas album is so famous, so classic, like iconic, is because she does take the time to make her album almost sound like the Timeless Treasury. Yeah, um, with the variation of chorale and chorus and jazz and, and gospel bells and gospel yeah. and orchestra and giant intros that make you think it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, she really put that work into it, which is why her album sticks out and like the Destiny's Child is gonna album is like a miss for me. Who? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's right. I'm starting a beef with Destiny's Child. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, I saw like Destiny's the- Child. Oh, back in 1999 at Fiesta, Texas, in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> And we're still, by the way, we're talking the cassettes here. This is still just side one of the first cassette out of two cassettes. <laughs> the original uh, release. Yeah, the original release. <laughs> That's right. The re-release was only on CD. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking, we're talking cassettes here. But uh, moving on, after Nat King Cole, we got Perry Como. Again, another crooner, pretty standard. And it's mm. Oh Holy Night. It's actually Tiffany, my wife's uh, favorite song. Uh, oh, her cool. favorite Christmas Carol. So... So really? it. Uh, How can you listen to anyone other than Mariah Carey sing Oh Holy Night anymore? <laughs> I feel like if you were to re-release this, you'd have to take Perry Como off of that and put the Mariah version of Oh Holy Night. Seriously? I don't know. Yeah, you have to. It's just iconic at this point. Well, and I know I have a version somewhere of uh, Pavarotti singing Oh Holy Night, and it's weird. I mean, he's such a great, <laughs> yeah, his English great singer, is really but his English is terrible. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's just, I saw yeah. him in concert at the Alamo Dome. He was about to die. He died like two months later. And they oh, had dang. to pop him up like Hannibal Lecter on this leaning thing. Like he was leaning the entire concert while he sang. It was weird. D- did y'all ever see his uh, movie, Yes, Giorgio? No. No. Yeah. Giorgio. Yeah. Don't, don't watch it. <laughs> it sounds like you want me to watch it though yeah. why would you have told me about it <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you know how I rolled Danny uh, so, so Tiff, likes, 
Tiff likes Perry Cuomo's Perry Cuomo. This Perry Cuomo. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, New York, Mr. New York. We got uh, we got uh, Mr. New York over here. Yeah, Perry Cuomo. Yo. Uh, anyway, uh, Tiff likes Perry Cuomo's version of Oh Holy Night more than Mariah Carey's version of Oh Holy Night. No, she just loves Oh Holy Night. Oh, well, oh, Holy <laughs> it doesn't matter who's singing it. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> it's her favorite Christmas song. That's like top three Christmas songs. Oh Holy Night. If you were to make a bracket, we should probably we should have made a bracket. Oh, guys. that would have been cool. Yeah. It's not too late to make a bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, quick. <laughs> quick, Danny, make a bracket. I'm serious. Get something. Um, you love basketball. Quick, get something going. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't get Mark's madness this year, so you got to make other brackets. Um, <laughs> I feel like uh, if you were to make if you were to make a Christmas bracket, oh, I feel like in the top two, one of them would be Oh Holy Night. And I could see that. Silent Night is would be my guess. Silent Night, yeah. Silent Night and Oh Holy Night. Yep. Jingle I could see that. Top four. <laughs> Jingle Bells probably would be somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> take a vote if you're listening now. Please uh, uh, make sure to uh, reach out to Gerardo Davila as uh, his Instagram or and uh, Twitter, which is totally rad Christmas. Totally rad Christmas, <laughs> and tell him whether you think that Silent Night or Oh Holy Night is the greatest Christmas song of all time. Thank you. You can reach me on my Facebook page, which I will plug later. Fabuloso. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, Holy Night. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, definitely her favorite. I, I know she likes it more than the Christmas song. That's for sure. Also, Oh, Holy Night is just one of the greatest songs I've probably ever written. You think so? Just like in general, even if it, even if like Christianity didn't exist and that song just existed by itself, like mm-hmm. that's a great song. Hmm. The music, like the melody, the, uh, it's a great song. You know, it was never my favorite. <laughs> composed by adolf adam in 1847 oh nice wow. oh no now look who's got his his uh his stats down huh <laughs> uh and it was written to the french uh poem uh minuit chrétien midnight christians i don't know if i pronounced that right it's been a long time since i took french diction uh <laughs> yeah but it, I think our translation is probably better. Opening night, I like that. Hey, do y'all remember the um, the song uh, the Robert Shaw Corral <laughs> did? It was a uh, Carol of the Bells and uh, Deck the Halls medley. Isn't it on this album? Yes, it is. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, hey, hey, you skipped over the Christmas song. I did. Definitely, you skipped over Carol Carpenter. All right, That's like Carpenter. one of the best. Yeah, you got to give Karen Carpenter, Carpenter her due. That's one of my favorite songs on the entire album. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. And uh, the thing I like about this version is that it has the little intro, um, which not all versions have. And when the song originally came out, that intro wasn't in it, but. Later on, I'm not sure what at what point, but I think Mel Torme came out on some show and he wrote that intro for that show. So originally it didn't have the intro. Oh, and that's so they, cool. That's yeah, cool. so they do this version. And um, I actually, um, we performed this with my, uh, my choir a few years back and we did this intro. And I don't know what it is about this intro, but it's like all through the year we've waited. All through the Spring and fall 
Christmas and I I think this is this should be your song Jerry because you're waiting like as soon as Christmas ends I know you're like waiting for the next Christmas it's true and, um, her her voice is like god it's you know it's not butter <laughs> it's but butter. it's something else Who like it's amazing voice is is not butter because that's barb yeah it's that's barbara yeah. <laughs> but her voice is like it's like red velvet it's just yeah it's really just so rich and decadent and and leaves the thing you made me snort there and and now i want cake come on now. <laughs> not, interesting though to me that they include this version instead of the most famous version nat king cole yeah yeah mm-hmm. I don't know uh, why. And wait, I'm gonna have to remind myself. Is is there more famous song on here? The Car- the Carpenters. I think that's their only one on this entire album. Have yourself a merry little. Oh, that's. Um, I feel like I like their version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas better. But okay. but I do love this, and I do love her voice on anything, singing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love it. It sounds like Christmas to me. And if I was going to choose a version, I'd choose this one. Obviously, I grew up with it. So um, I, <laughs> no. I'm going to say that like about every song on here. <laughs> Got to have this version. I'm, I'm detecting the theme. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to write that Christmas song. It sounds like Christmas to me. Yeah, do it. For those of you that don't know, David is a phenomenal composer. And uh, he's he's really good. He's written quite a few things. He has a, if you go on YouTube, you can even find uh, 52 songs where he wrote a song a week for an entire year. That's amazing. I think I joined him on like a song. I did. I wrote a Christmas song. We we wrote a Thanksgiving song together. We wrote a Thanksgiving song. Yeah. Yeah. But I wrote a Christmas song there called Body of Christmas. It's like a comedy song. Uh, but I wrote, I just wrote because I'm writing this musical called Promesa about these three Mexican women who make pilgrimage to Mexico City to visit the shrine of the Lady of Guadalupe. Lady Guadalupe, yeah. And, um, and it takes place in three time periods. Uh, it takes place in the time of the Aztecs during the conquistadors. It takes place during the uh, Mexican Revolution with the soldaderas. And then it takes place during 1985, the AIDS crisis and the earthquake of 1985. And all of them are interwoven, like in the movie The Hours. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but in the during the Mexican Revolution, um, I had to write a Christmas posada song. So I just just wrote that. It's called Boom Boom Boom, <laughs> which is supposed to be like with a dance where like, they're like, yeah. like boom boom boom. There's no room. It's going to be the next big thing on the Las Posadas. Lord, <laughs> remind you of like of other Christmas songs. But is that the one you asked me about the chords? You were asking me. Uh, it was like an E minor, and and uh, no, that was for a different song. Oh, okay, okay, but, but yes. Uh, that's you were trying to, you, yeah, and it really, really, really works. I'll have to send it to you later. Oh, okay, uh, right on. Topic. 
Oh, it's not a it's not a podcast unless you you veer off topic every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, but I do I do I have those concerns like what makes something sound like a Christmas song? Yeah, and this one has to specifically be like a mariachi style kind of Christmas song of the time period of of um, nineteen ten. Yeah. You know, that's when, when you say that you have that concern about what makes something sound like a Christmas song. Um, there's actually a song on the album that I all, I mean, like, I like the song, but to me, it doesn't sound like Christmas. And I'm not sure why it's the one by Alabama, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like, it's a great song. Christmas and I, Dixie. Yeah. When you, you know, where you asked us to um, to pick the like our least favorite and they're, it's all good songs. I'm not picking that one as my least favorite, but uh, it just it didn't really sound like Christmas to me. Um, so it's it's a valid concern. I do feel like you can't just you know have any style to be Christmas. There's it's got to fit within that. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, I think the word you're looking for is culture because uh, because every culture celebrates Christmas differently. Right. And even since we were kids, our mother had a collection of these little Santas. Oh, I love those. Yeah, me too. From different cultures around the world. And uh, so even as a child, we were very aware that they oh, were- Oh, usual. They were from, uh, were they from JCPenney or Sears? One of those places, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yes, <laughs> that's correct. Sears. Sears had a lot of like, um, yeah. boy things. Mm-hmm. The- Sears catalog. Uh, the Sears catalog. Um, I never got blank, and I should have bought blank from the Dick Tracy Sears exclusive. Oh, <laughs> the blank, oh man! Yeah. How much is it on like, eBay? Now, now they're like two thousand each. I think. Oh man! <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs> in the early two thousands, when eBay first came out, I wanted to buy one so bad. They were like one hundred and eighty. I kept seeing them for one hundred and eighty, and I never bought one. And I should have just bought one, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic. What I was going to say is, yes, there are many cultures around the world and their music is going to remind them of Christmas. Right. So I think what makes something Christmas is uh, what sounds like Christmas music is literally just what you were brought up listening to. Mm-hmm. So, but I sort of agree that not all the country music to me sounds like Christmas. I want yeah, that. Yeah. I want orchestra. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, and to me, the the thing that sounds the most Christmassy is uh, like the '40s, yeah. '50s style, you know, Bing Crosby stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That's as soon as I hear that, I know it's Christmas. You know, whereas some of the other stuff, it doesn't quite. Lee song because that's probably what most people think of Christmas. That was that the '50s or '60s. Which one? Brenda Lee, isn't it? Um, oh, uh, like rocking around the Christmas tree. Like the '60s, right? I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Is that not on this album? Yeah. It is, yeah. It is. <laughs> I didn't I didn't research every song. Oh man. <laughs> you know, it's, we're gonna have a two hour podcast here. Oh no. We're we're heading that way right now. <laughs> I'm so so afraid we're gonna run out of time. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean can we just put all the Robert Shaw stuff together? Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Good idea. Thank you. I my favorite was always Carol of the Bells. It's still one of my favorite songs. Uh you don't find it annoying. Most people find that song annoying. I there's, don't. I, I loved it. Two groups of Christmas people. There's the people who like Carol of the Bells and the people who can't stand Carol of the Bells, and that's mm. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is here, baby, would you 
really I was, like Carol of the Bells because it reminds me of Home Alone. Yeah, me too. I don't know if that's in the movie, but John Williams and he, and like the what he did there with with uh, the music, <laughs> it's like taking from all these cultural Christmas uh, yeah. different things like Nutcracker, Carol of the Bells, hymns. Different yeah, stuff he's got like the that, Celesta so. in there, and uh, yeah. And his Christmas song from that movie, I feel like, has joined the canon of Christmas. I agree. There's, and there's actually two different Christmas songs in that one. He wrote uh, Star of Bethlehem and then, of course, the popular one, Somewhere in My Memory. Somewhere <laughs> in My Memory, if you live in New York, is the theme song they play in Rockefeller Center, like, on a loop every 15 minutes in Christmas. So it really, really, oh, really, wow. oh, man. really represents. I'm going to have to get my friend Anthony to. <laughs> yeah, every year. Get a video for me. There's a big light show and they use that song. And That's it's awesome. Like, oh, nice. A loop every 15 minutes. It is. It's really a classic. And can you believe that that's 30 years old this year? Did you watch the uh, <laughs> Home Alone uh, behind the movies thing on Netflix? I did. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, the music really does kind of make the movie. It does, yeah. When they talk about, let's ask John Williams, and they laughed, but then John Williams said yes. And then oh. <laughs> they were like, let's ask John Williams. Oh, ha, 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 that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. Got the cut of the movie and was like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. And then when they got it back, they were like crying. They were blown away by like, oh my God. And uh, it really is a testament to his ability. Yeah. You know? Star yeah. Wars treatment. It really is. And when, um, what's his name, the director of the movie? Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus. When Columbus <laughs> but when Christopher Columbus, <laughs> it was a touching interview because he go, he's in San Francisco and they're doing it with a live orchestra and everyone is sitting together. Oh yeah. You can't believe that he's the reason that this cultural thing even exists. And all these people are sitting together at Christmas to listen to the music of John Williams. Like it's like a out of body experience. And mm-hmm. Can you imagine what the movie would have been like with anybody else scoring it? <laughs> you know you what? Can- this seems like this should be its own podcast, Home Alone. So we should probably. <laughs> <laughs> it is that now is on the schedule. John, John Williams. It is yeah. on the schedule for this year. It's 1990, okay. but you know what? It counts. <laughs> <laughs> well, As I said know. in my first mini-sode, uh, it counts. Uh, <laughs> we'll invite us back for that one. Uh, uh, but John Williams, uh, our choral conductor in high school, studied with John Williams. Uh, John Williams, excuse me. Robert Shaw. We're talking about Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Yeah. Is heavily represented on this album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because that was Time Life's bread and butter. You know, the uh, the whole choral, uh, mm-hmm. orchestral kind of thing starting back in 67. So, uh, anyway. Danny and I, uh, our high school choir conductor, studied with Robert Shaw and sang with, in the Robert Shaw Chorale. Did he uh, really? Mr. Custer? Yeah. Nice. And so did uh, my college director, too. Uh, at the University of North Texas did too. So I like... No wonder y'all were so good. We know a lot of uh, Robert Shaw technique. <laughs> and Danny probably mm-hmm. used that with his choirs. He's an excellent choir conductor, Danny. Yeah, Ro- Robert Shaw, like he's just the man. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's nothing else to say about it. Uh, I've listened to a lot of his tracks and I've heard David tell me before, like he wouldn't let stuff be published or, or get like get out to the public if he didn't like the recording enough, if he didn't think that they did a good enough job. 
I mean, so it was, it's just perfection down to a T. Perfectionist. One yeah. and two and T and four and, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, sorry. He invented <laughs> that method of counting. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, no, it's all good. I mean. What is uh, your favorite Robert Shaw uh, cut on this album? Probably the Carol of the Bells. That's the one. That's that's my my favorite one. Uh, although I thought it was weird to go from Carol of the Bells into Deck the Halls. Like those two just didn't seem to gel to me. Hmm. But Balls, I, I uh, halls. Oh no, bells, bells. bells. <laughs> Sorry. I really like um, that version of Deck the Halls. I don't know why. I just I'm not crazy about that version of Deck the Halls. Yeah. Yeah. Arrangement, which is probably a Robert Shaw arrangement. He did most of his own arrangements. Or who's uh, the other one? That lady. Uh, yeah, with uh, his. I can't remember. Yeah. But the next track was one of my absolute favorites. Oh. And it's it's not looking back on it. It's not that great. But when I was little, I remember it just was like wow. And it was uh, the Fred Waring in the in the Pennsylvanians version of uh, "Twist the Night Before Christmas." And uh, it's it's the entire the entire poem, but set to music. And <laughs> it was I mean at the time it was a cool arrangement. You know they go from like every single vocal um, layer gets its own um, oh, yeah. time to shine. You know the altos, the tenors, and the soloists and everything. It's just it's I mean everything was just about it was just great. To children of all ages, Christmas means Santa Claus. Was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care. In hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. You're going to be upset with me later when we... <laughs> that, that's all I'll, I'll, I'll say for right now but uh fred waring is, is he the guy who he died in 1984 oh wow okay he, a, he was a popular radio personality okay popular in the 40s he was popular in the 40s so that's an old recording wow cool yeah so i think uh you know these next ones are all pretty good of course santa's beard was my favorite but we kind of covered that already yeah. The Gene Autry uh, Rudolph was great, but I kind of want to go straight to the uh, Feliz Navidad. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, but tell us why, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, that's funny. The Feliz Navidad, I, I'm not – okay, I'm, just so everybody knows, I'm you know, Hispanic or Mexican-American, and uh, I'm not sure how this song fares among other uh, ethnic groups. But I definitely know for Mexican Americans and other Hispanics, this is a huge song. Yes, um, especially I, to our mom. I, yeah, and I <laughs> I taught in um, the inner city, predominantly Hispanic, for ten years, and you know a lot of this, a lot of the kids could not sing Jingle Bells right. They could not sing uh, some of the the most basic Christmas tunes. They had wrong notes. They're singing it the wrong way. This is like the one song that every single student knew how to sing correctly on pitch, like an old pitch, like because it's such a huge song yep. for Hispanics. And um, I mean, we even had a dance. We would have we would interject with our own little beats and stuff. And 
uh, you know, Feliz Navidad, cha 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 cha. And you know, you would you would think that that was oh that was just a Davila thing, but then no, I go to work with these students, and they like kind of already had that too. And so it's it's just a huge cultural thing for Hispanics. So I love this song. It's a great inclusion, and that was really smart of them to add that to a predominantly Anglo American uh, Christmassy cultural feel. So. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. It's like the one song that whenever we would go Christmas caroling, we could not not sing. Like we had to <laughs> sing this song every time. In South Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Jose Feliciano is Puerto Rican. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. He <laughs> has a song, cool... Um, the song was written in 1970. Oh, wow. I feel like if it's an older song, but it's not. That's like, uh, that's, that's a newer, I mean, 1970 was not so long ago. 50 no. years ago. I mean, 50. 50. Years ago. Sure. <laughs> but we, it seems like this is a song that's probably been passed down from generations, but no, it's been passed down for a generation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. But it's so popular that, I mean, because if you think about it, how many other Spanish Christmas songs made it, you know, transitioned into the, the popular. And also we get, I would say that uh, what if, for lack of whatever you ugh, can't agree on what to be called ourselves or each other. So this, whatever, you know, Latinx people or whatever are, don't get much of a pie, a piece of the pie. Yeah. So whenever there's something to latch onto, whether it's just like Selena or J-Lo mm. or this one song, uh, you know, you got to do it. Or George Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> George Lopez. I was going to make a plate. Well, there's a whole bunch more great songs on here, but I think we're running out of a bit of time. So what I'm so we'll do, do it on episode two, of time <laughs> so, <laughs> part two. Part so two. what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do now is uh, I want to do a segment called the hap hap happiest Christmas uh, since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny Bleepin K. Oh. And uh, so I <laughs> so I want you. What is your best memory? Oh, I just thought we could do a, a speed round through some of them. Like speed round? Oh, I like that. Okay, I tell you what. I haven't talked about yet. I want to, if I could start. Okay, uh, I tell you what. I tell you what. Let's put Hap Hap Happiest on hold. We'll come back to that. And on the, on the count of go, go. Uh, I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to mention uh, that it's some other great ones on here. You've got Leontine Price singing the Ave Maria. Yeah. Bunch of Elvis Presley. You've got uh, Pavarotti. You've got Julie Andrews, Bing Crosby, a lot more Robert Shaw, <laughs> uh, and uh, and then of course I, Judy Garland. And that's what I was going to say. You yeah. got the Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. To me, one of the ultimates. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Like, bam. And uh, and uh, and then of course I already mentioned it, but Kate Smith. Kate Smith, yeah. <laughs> and Burl Ives with his holly jolly Christmas. Lena Horn. Lena yeah. Horn always that one always stood out to me was is odd. It, just in the middle of, 
you know, Roger Whitaker <laughs> <laughs> and then Sergio Franchi. It just, it was, it was odd to me. Like <laughs> that placement just seemed weird. Yeah. Some of well, this you know, one of the things that, that it seems like they're doing on the album is a lot of contrast from song to song. They're, yeah. Like from, like you said, the first song and then to Dolly Parton. And then yeah. this and this, like they like to have that contrast so it doesn't stay get boring. I guess there, so. There yeah. are quite a lot of songs on here that sound exactly the same. That's true. A lot you of know, those Perry Como, Bing Crosby type of songs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's an Andre Previn uh, arrangement of What Child Is This? Which that is one is great. Favorite. That one was good. prefer the natural sixth <laughs> which one which, which one is in what child is this and which one is in green sleeves um, both, I, right? both yeah <laughs> green sleeves i think is the natural uh, yeah that's the one i like more yeah yeah but i really hear what child is this with that sung that way yeah it's always with the flat i, I like that better because it reminds me of a uh, uh, like elizabethan renaissance madrigals yeah yeah Someone should um, do a really good uh, a mandrigal arrangement of that. I'd like to hear that. I'm sure there's one out there. I wanted to point out that the Blue Christmas is not the Elvis version. Is Glenn Campbell's version more famous? Because I'm familiar with the Elvis version. No, yeah. Elvis version is uh, the version that... Okay, but up. they already had two Elvis songs. Yeah, they got him represented a lot. Okay, and then the other thing was that Ave Maria, um, that I definitely love that arrangement and the way that it brings in the like the i don't know if it's a boys choir or a youth choir or something when it's the choir of saint thomas episcopal church in new york um yeah but that's <laughs> that arrangement is very nice very pretty uh when i'm not listening to it as a as a choir director um it's, it's funny because <laughs> when i was little i distinctly remember fast forwarding that one because i, I found it so boring oh <laughs> you know, we were kids yeah, uh, we also have to mention that Brenda Lee's "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" skyrocketed all the way up to number two on the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do a Hot 100 episode. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on the regular Hot 100, not even the Christmas chart. Like, yeah, yeah. The the like yeah. that's wild to me. Wild. That's awesome. It's <laughs> a really good song. Is it? Uh, Okay. No, I mean it, it is. It's isn't it in Home Alone? Uh, yes. If it's in Home Alone, come it's on. in Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's when when he's throwing the party and he's got the Michael Jordan cutout. We're gonna have a separate episode for Home Alone and a separate episode for National Lampoon. Oh man. Oh Home yeah. Those music, are those are already set. Music. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> and then Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Yeah. It is also very good. <laughs> that yeah. is a pretty good one, Marvin Harry. Gotta do that. When, when you Marvin said uh, if you saw that Home Alone thing, I thought you were gonna say, "Did you see recently the Angry Video Game Nerd episode where Macaulay Culkin came on and talked about Home Alone, horrible not... Home Alone games, Nintendo, uh, Super I Nintendo Genesis?" <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did see that. Uh, that uh, was it, Alexa. 
um, commercial, that Google commercial with Macaulay Culkin. I haven't seen it. Yeah, and check it out. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, David, what is your your most fond Christmas memory in the '80s with the Time Life Christmas music? Uh, I mean, I only really remember putting it on every time we were like trying to feel Christmassy. Not, and like mostly, I remember like uh, Danny complaining that it wasn't on. Like, <laughs> it's not Christmas without Time Life. Time I'm like, oh, okay, Danny, we'll put on Time Life. I remember, I distinctly remember it was like three or four days before Christmas. And, you know, the anxiety was like getting to me. And I remember going into mom and dad's room because that's where the radio was. It was before the bows, it was at. Um, dad's silver boom box oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, i remember just laying there listening to the music uh because i it it helped me get more into the christmas spirit because right. i couldn't mm-hmm. like like i was i couldn't take it that christmas was still like three days away you know and- <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i still do that like and especially if i and i haven't been home to visit family at Christmas in like almost like three years straight, I think. And I do feel a lot of times like I don't even experience Christmas unless I go visit family. Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And we missed you this last Christmas. I, and you uh, too, Danny. That is still something that I do. If I'm trying to like, remember what Christmas feels like, I have to put yeah. on some Christmas music. Uh, favorite Christmas memory with time life treasury of Christmas classics. <laughs> Um, I guess it would have to be, okay, never mind. I don't have one, but I mean, it was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, probably decorating or probably I mean, it, it's the same. It's yeah. It's decorating the tree, drinking the hot chocolate, chocolate M&M cookies, opening the like presents. Four different distinct times that this, that we would have to do this every Christmas season. There was the time when we were decorating the tree. Yes. There was like Christmas Eve, like Eve. We, here, we would usually have like a small get together. My mom would always invite someone over, whether it was our cousins or one of her girlfriends and their kids. Mm-hmm. Someone would come over and we'd have like dips and cookies and hot cocoa. And again, we'd have to play that music or it wasn't like officially happening. And then the third time would be in the morning on Christmas morning when we would want to open the presents. We couldn't open them all until everyone was gathered around and yep. we couldn't open them until mom had made hot chocolate and breakfast and uh um until she was woken up christmas was on and the camera was out and then mom had to have the camera open them one by one so i can capture every moment (laughs) i remember i was always the first one up at five in the morning ish and i'd uh i'd go and i'd sneak a peek into the the den it yeah. was the living room where the, the tree was. And I'd just look at all the presents and my eyes would light up. And and then I'd go wake you guys up. And then we'd wake up <laughs> mom and dad <laughs> together. I, you know, I have a memory of one year waking up like at 2 or 3 a.m. Going to use the restroom and looking at everything and feeling so guilty. And just like <laughs> like tiptoeing and like feeling scared and like I'm a bad person. Cause I want to see the president and then, um, and then I would, you know, I saw him and then I was like, Oh, two or three more hours. Why did you do this to me? And, um, a bladder. Yeah, so. You know what yeah. I used to love is seeing the Christmas lights 
with the shadows of the tree branches reflected against the wall. That's like still oh. one of my favorite. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I now I work in lights against the wall. I, I work at a, a Christmas store decorators warehouse, but I work in their pro light section, DW pro lights. And uh, all we do is um, Christmas lights. And this blog is brought to you by. <laughs> it's, it's not, but if they want to sponsor, company. So, so come and make sure you ask for Jerry, but you, but <laughs> Very. <laughs> uh, no, but I. But it's funny because you know every day I go in, I go into work, and the lights are all on, and the shadows, like you're saying, the you know, the shadows early in the morning are there, and it's just there's something magical about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though they're all LED, they're not incandescent, but but it just it still has that same feel that uh, you know the lights they just they really make the atmosphere magical. And then you put on some music and it's even more. I will say one of the coolest things about living in New York is New York at Christmas. Like is Mm -hmm. like all the streets are like that. It's like magical giant trees and the windows, the the beautiful window displays and the music everywhere and the smell of chestnuts roasting. It's like, it's, it's magical at Christmas. Tiff, Tiff really wants to go. Yeah. It's kind of the most expensive time to go to New York, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, very, when are you coming down? <laughs> it's so, uh, it is. It's so magical at Christmas that everyone wants to come. Wants to go, yeah. Christmas. Makes sense. Those two weeks vacation and a week for Thanksgiving. So, those, those few times, that's when everyone comes. Uh, all right. So, what I want to do now is play a little game. Uh, and it's for a segment I like to call Gag Me with the Spoon. Now... <laughs> <laughs> What? I, I could have called a Grody to the max, but I didn't. <laughs> but so so um, we all have our least favorite song on this compilation. What I'd like to do, what we're going to do is we're going to do impressions of our least favorite song. Danny, as the youngest, you get to go first. Okay. <laughs> what is your least favorite song? And then I'd like to hear your bad impression of it. Um... Uh, it's not really like a least favorite because it's a good song, but the night the night before Christmas. No, um, I know, I know. <laughs> no, you go ahead. No, um, <laughs> um, the night before Christmas, as a kid, I, I always felt like it was so long. Like I would get into it for like a minute, and then I'd be like, "Why is this song still going?" <laughs> and I looked at the time, and it's like six minutes. All the other songs are like two to three minutes, and this one's freaking six minutes. Um, so I, I would get. In there. I I know, but I I, I I get frustrated. I'm like, okay, like I want to go to the next Christmas song to feel that n- that nostalgia again, the happiness. Like go to the next. <laughs> you have to be there for six minutes, and sometimes the song gets slow. So I that's my least favorite, but. It, I was listening to it today and it actually is really well written. Um, it's a really nice tune. Uh, a lot of contrast. The harmonies are, are really interesting. It's a great song, but it's just too much for a little kid. Don't, don't try to curry favor with the crowd. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I don't know the whole song, but it was the night before Christmas and all through the house. <laughs> not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Not 
Make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> you yeah. stopped listening. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You can oh, no. Tell, I mean... Are you sure this is something you want to include? <laughs> 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 to actively lose listeners. <laughs> on Dasha, on Prancer, no, no, on Donna, <laughs> on Vixen, on and David, on your Rudolph, turn. <laughs> on Donna, on Blitzen. Um, I mean, I don't know that I really have like a worst favorite song. I love this song, but I will say this song makes me really sad every time I hear it. All right. So I'm going to choose this song. Okay. It would be the, um, I'll be home oh, yeah. for Christmas. Oh, I oh. couldn't get the phrase through. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta so, practice breathing. So sad. <laughs> because of the end, like, but only yeah. in my dreams. Oh. <laughs> yeah well i'm i might be committing <laughs> blasphemy here <laughs> but i am going to <laughs> my least favorite song and i know i'm gonna get it it's actually elvis's here comes santa claus on this one okay what? <laughs> it's just every time i heard it i was like oh get to the next song because the next song is my favorite santa's beard <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so that's true. the only reason why it's a great song elvis is a great singer but I just wanted to skip over it so I could get to the next song, which was my favorite. So I'm going to give it my best Elvis impression. In, in right, impression. It's a, oh, here comes a cold, here comes a cold, here comes a cold. You know, I think it's this terrible. is rigged. No, it's this terrible. competition is rigged because you well, yeah, picked the one show. that got to do an Elvis impersonation. Of course you're going to win. This is not fair. You could have you picked Elvis. I didn't stop you. <laughs> I almost did pick Elvis. <laughs> yeah, but it would have been funny to hear David try to sing Karen Carpenter in her, in her octave. Um, well, let me try. Let's see. <laughs> okay. What what's uh what's what's the one that they sing that's so good? Oh, what's what's the one uh, we've only Emmanuel just begun? No. Oh um, well, we've only just begun. Is oh, oh yeah, all of those songs. Yeah. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? Da 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 da. Real podcast, I hope. Uh, you uh, you can change the station if you want. Nah, I'm cool. You're cool. <laughs> what? It's from Tommy Boy, remember? Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking of, Tommy Boy. Oh, man. All right. So finally, before we uh, we sign off here, uh, just one more quick thing. So we Are you all sure know. We did a podcast. I don't. I don't know if we even talked about anything. That's what a podcast is, man. <laughs> before we go, um, so we all know GI Joe taught us that knowing is half the battle. So what's the other half of the battle? Okay, knowing is half the battle, but knowing is useless if you don't do. So doing is the other half. Oh. Mm. You have to take action. Or the, knowing doesn't, the knowing doesn't matter. Gary, what's the actual answer? What's the other half of the battle? I don't know. It's, I think it's um, you sit yourself down that. with uh, some nice hot chocolate, M&M cookies, and... Um, the time life treasury of Christmas and some good family and friends and enjoy each other's company. You know what? I think, I think that whatever people listen, whatever music people listen to 
with their families at Christmas is going to be the music that they cherish the rest of their life during Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. It just so happens we had Time Life Treasury, but uh, anyone in the 90s had, uh, we were mostly like 80s, early 90s. Now that's what I call Christmas. They really had, now that's what I call Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob Christmas. I don't, I don't know. And it, it had the, those t- that terrible, terrible, terrible Christina Aguilera Christmas album. Uh, oh, um, before, before we go, probably. I would like to pitch an idea for another episode, and that would be, uh, what year was this released? 1986. Okay, what, so- on what songs country. were missing that sh- you know should have been in this album? 1986, though. Not now. None of the songs from now. 1986. But don't, no, don't talk about it yet. I think you just won, because that seems like that's the other half of the battle right there. The big one is the George... No, no, no! That's for the next episode! Don't do that! He's just... He's teasing. He's, 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 you know, wetting their appetite. Last Christmas, yeah. That's like the whole episode. You just gave the whole episode. <laughs> that, that was going to be the build-up to the, the final answer. <laughs> no, you, you know what? You're right. That's the one you get out of the way at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because last Christmas. That's exactly right. Well, guys, it's been fun. Uh, I know I've missed uh, seeing you and talking with you, so it's been really great over here. But uh, I think that's it. David, what do you got, uh, what do you got going on? Anything you want to plug? Well, um, I, no, I, I don't know. I had a bunch of stuff coming up in New York and it all got canceled because of the quarantine. So um, there's a possibility. I, I had a, um, hmm. a reading of a play at the Brooklyn Cultural Arts Center on May 11th that was canceled. Um, it's a possibility we might do it online via Zoom, it's, but that's not for sure yet. Um, I had a, an arts residency at the Barn Arts in Maine uh for two weeks in may and that got canceled so um my schedule is wide open <laughs> i'm at home i'm trying to write i'm learning chinese ni hao uh ni hao ma. <laughs> i'm learning uh, <laughs> wow look at you you know you speak chinese no i took it for a semester and i forgot everything <laughs> uh, only mandarin i will plug uh duolingo because it's free and oh, you cool. can uh, uh, you just have to watch the ads after every lesson. It's no big deal. You know, you just yeah. put it aside and then you're you like, just oh. put your phone down. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I need a break. I just had a lesson. Oh. <laughs> it's like the perfect uh, perfect app. Anyway, Danny, what about you? Anything you want to plug? No, um, this you know this time in the shelter in place or whatever it's called quarantine has been very difficult. Um, I'm sure for everybody, but. Just want to tell everybody, you know, the best thing you can do is if you're starting to feel crazy or like you can't take it is just call as many people as you can and let them let them know it's, that you're safe and and that you love them and just stay in, in touch with everybody. Stay connected. Radical. All right, guys. Well, this has been a great episode and Merry Christmas, y'all. We'll see you later. Merry Christmas to you. I can't believe we're saying that. It's not even July. <laughs> Merry Christmas in uh, April. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's 
the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer 